Hello there, and welcome to Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals take advantage of the vast opportunities available in modern life while avoiding the pitfalls using a combination of old-school wisdom and new breed tactics. My name is Sim, and I will be your host, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in and listening to this audio blog. I hope that it gives you some insight and hopes it gives you some revelation into the topic of today, which is a good topic to think about in the context of the spring, because it is a beautiful spring day where I am, and this topic is something that everyone needs to understand if they want to live a more successful life. So this topic is going to be centering around what I call the three biggest resources that you have available for you to live your life. So to give some background to this, this topic has deep spiritual and philosophical implications, but I'm not going to go touch on that too much. I'm honestly going to mention it, which I'm about to do, but I don't think that it's necessary to get too much into weeds in terms of how these relate to spirituality and philosophy. So the people ask, or just people ask in general, why is there so much suffering and misery in the world? And why can there not be any suffering and misery in the world? How can we alleviate this? And if there is a divine creator, why didn't they leave this out of the world? So the response to that question would come from, I believe, the Jewish Torah from a spiritual point of view. And the story goes as, in the beginning, there was God, or the Creator, or the unmanifested, or the undifferentiated, however you want to say it. In the beginning, there was this force. This force was all-knowing, it was all-present, and it was all-powerful. It was everything at once, and everything was it, and it was everything. So knowing that it was everything and knowing that it could not be anything but what it was, it said, I want to experience the spectrum of reality in unlocalized or localized masses. I want to experience joy. I want to experience pain. I want to experience elation. I want to experience suffering. All of these different emotions, all these different feelings, because it experienced them all at the same time. But it wanted to experience them individually in the context of different areas. So it said, I'm going to create a being or beings that will experience all of these different emotions individually. 
and they are going to be marked by limitation and they're going to not be able to do everything. So in that perspective, the finger was snapped and the story of humanity began. Now, it doesn't really matter whether you believe this or not. The main thing to take away from this is being a human being is just marked by extreme limitation. And that is the existential reality of being a human being or being a physical being, but mainly being a human being because we have consciousness and we're able to realize that we have limitations. An animal doesn't realize this. A dog doesn't realize this. A cow doesn't realize this. Deers don't realize this. They just exist. But we're able to contextualize this experience and know that we are limited. So in knowing this limitation, there are certain resources that we're limited in. Obviously, some of us have more of them than others, but we all have a cap on our resources. Even someone like Warren Buffett or anyone you can think of, there is limitation. They experience limitation and there's only so much they're able to do within their lifetime. And when you see someone is successful or who is known as being successful, they've experienced this limitation and they've come to terms with this limitation. And they've used these three resources I'm about to talk about to overcome this limitation, not in a sense of getting rid of it, but using it to their advantage. So since human beings are limited, there is only so much they can do within this context of life. And in my perspective, what I view life as, I view life as a game. So in this game of life, in this whole framework of life, we all have specific cards we were dealt and we were born with. Some of us are shorter than others. Some of us were born in third world countries. Some of us were born in first world countries. Some of us were born to families of lesser means. Some of us were born to families of greater means. All of these different things, we all have different cards we were, we were born with. And we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And that comes with limitation. We, as the course of our life continues, we draw new hands from the deck, but we can't trade in these cards that we got from birth, really. Physical characteristics, your parents, your family, where you were born, these things, we can't trade them in, but we do draw new cards from the deck through different circumstances. Circumstances like getting a new job, or getting married, or buying a house, or going on a vacation, or going on a ex travel experience that changes the reality of what you view reality through, or all of these different things. And these, these new cards help us play our hand better or play them worse, depending on what they are. So the goal of the game of life, in my opinion, is to play this hand as best as you can. 
and to play it to the best of your ability. In Christian in Christianity, this is known as bringing glory to God or in just general speak, this is just known as just doing the best you can with what you have. And in my philosophy, this is known as maxing out. So using everything you have, all of your resources that you have and your unique talents and abilities and your circumstances to the max so that you can live a quote unquote successful life. And many people have differing versions of success, but in general, I would say most people would agree with the definition that success is doing the things that you want to do with the people you want to do them with in the time that you choose to do them. I think this is a pretty universal definition of being quote-unquote successful. And I don't think anyone can really argue with that. If someone goes to, let's say, an island in Southeast Asia, just making an example, someone goes to an island in Southeast Asia with 10 of their friends having a great time, and they do it for a month, two months, and they just have a great time, they share a lot of memories, and they're just able to live as if nothing happened, like they don't have to go to a job, or they don't have to go to school, or they don't have to do et cetera, et cetera. Someone say, wow, how, how could they do that? How could they do this? And the answer would be through having resources to compensate for the fact that they're on an island doing this trip or activities, and they're not really quote-unquote, producing value, like going to work or something. So someone would say, oh, that person must be a millionaire or they must be well-off because they're able to do this. So having that freedom to live the life that you choose is known as success. And that's just one example of many, which could be thousands of examples. And I understand that success is multi-layered and it means different things to different people as I just mentioned and that example is just one but they all have a commonality that they're all achieved all these successes are achieved by the utilization the correct utilization of our limited resources that we have available to us and these people who are successful in their own right have traded with life the resources that they need to get a certain version of success. So we're always trading resources and life in return is always giving us some sort of feedback. Other people in return are giving us feedback based on our trade of resources. So I want to look at these I'm about to mention more granular over the next couple of weeks, but I just want to give you a good background of why these are important and why you need to understand that you can use them to achieve your version of success. So the important resources we're looking at in this game of life, the three most important resources, which there are many, but the three most important ones are time, money, and energy. And I understand that most people, especially most adults, understand that these three are important on a 
basic level, but I don't think that a lot of people grasp how important these are on a more meta level. Because if people did, I don't think that they would be using these resources and squandering them in the way they do. Because a lot of people squander these resources, even myself, I squander them. And we can all get better at using these resources more efficiently so we can achieve our version of success in a quicker fashion, but also achieve more of it so we can live life more abundant. So the these resources, as I said, we all squander them. Um, some people more than others, but some people use their time ineffectively. And time in general is just the it's just the general mass and everything is covered in time. Everything exists through time. Time is the ocean that we swim through to get to the other side of whatever it is we're doing. So things take a certain amount of time. And to bring it to a philosophical point of view, and again, I don't want to get too deep in this. Some people say that time is a is, is an illusion. Time in general exists all the time. And as I mentioned in another audio blog about the present moment, things can only be manifested through the present moment and things can only come about through the present moment. And the present moment is all we really have because time cannot be rewinded. As far as I know, time cannot be rewinded or sped up there's been thousands of people throughout the ages, spellcasters, magicians, alchemists, scientists, whoever, uh, have tried to rewind time or speed up time or do whatever with time. But as far as I know, all of these people have been unsuccessful because uh, time ultimately is an illusion. But again, I don't want to get too much into that. But to contextualize it in a human point of view, We all have 24 hours in a day, and some of us have more limitations on our time than others. So we all have limitations on our time. We all have obligations of things we have to do, but we also have things that we don't have to do. Um, There are many things that a lot of us waste our time on and bring no value, bring no return on investment of that time. So some people, uh, to give a more extreme example, some people use their time to go uh, and make money so that they can go and buy cigarettes. And for some people, this is just an example, for some people, uh, they're using it to medicate an addiction or they're using it to just have some form of escape, I guess, from this overarching sense of limitation like I mentioned, because a lot of people do feel trapped by something, but they're not exactly sure what it is. And lo and behold, it's the fact of limitation that you have limited resources available to you. And some people have more lim- more limited resources. So people who have less uh, resources, poorer people, 
or more likely to do things like engage in activity like smoking cigarettes. And smoking cigarettes obviously does not give you any return on your investment in terms of buying them. And it is what is known as a quote unquote regressive income tax because people who are poor tend to buy more cigarettes and it's just a downward cycle and cigarettes are very expensive. So, um, you can always find ways to have better quality of time spent on different activities. This is what is known as deliberate practice. So the quality of time you spend on learning an instrument or doing some other activity is more than the time you spend on it. So spending a good 15, 30 minutes on learning the guitar or piano is better than just an unfocused hour or half an hour or hour and a half, sorry. So uh, people always think about the time they spent with their parents. Um, That's what I think about when I think about my parents. I don't think about the things that they bought me or the money that they spent on me when I was younger. I think about the times I had with them and that's the things that uh, most people remember. So they call it quality time for a reason. And that's what people need to realize that it's about quality time, not quantity time. And obviously quantity time doesn't really matter as much as quality time because time is something that you can only use once. You can't use it again. As I said, you can't rewind time. As far as I know, I can't go back to last year or two years ago or back to when I was 18 and start my adult life over again. I only get that one chance. And even if I know this fact or not, that time is going to pass, it's still passing. It's, it's passing right now. And it's just something that really takes some understanding to really contextualize because the ultimate limitation is death. We're all going to die one day. And I don't know when that is for you. I don't know when that is for me, but it's an inevitable fact of life. And this is just contextualizing everything we do in our lives by limitation because it provides us a better opportunity to do the things that are important to us and things that we will be able to accomplish in this lifetime and not wasting them on lower value activities. So that's the first resource, time. And the second resource, obviously, is money. And I'm going to be talking about these from most to least important. And time is the most, re- most important, and money is the second most important, because obviously money is needed for a lot of things. And money is the currency in this quote-unquote world of Caesar, as Neville Goddard would call it. So money is a currency in this physical world and it is needed for virtually everything. And most people spend their time and their energy trying to make more of it and trying to make it period. And, um, many people have warped ideas around money. Many people have a 
system of abject limitation. I'm not even talking about just limitation, but just scarcity mindset around money. There's not enough to go around. We can't make more. There is no more. Um, so, so some people hoard it unnecessarily. They save it. They don't give it away, expecting it will come back. They are very fearful when it comes to money. And they just have a general bias of scarcity around it. And money is also one of those things that's not talked about a lot by a lot of people. And um, just because a lot of people just aren't good with it because uh, we aren't designed really to be good with money. Human beings aren't designed to save, invest, or do anything beneficial with money where we're primed to spend it all or primed to uh, save nothing. And that is why there is a deep retirement crisis in the U.S. right now because baby boomers who have been working for 40 plus years, some of them don't have a single cent to show for their working life. Some of them have very little savings for when they're going to lack energy, as I mentioned. And many of them just in general feel as if, many of them feel as if their life is over for them. So someone who's 55 years old or 60 years old, you know, they look back on their lives and they're like, damn, like, I didn't use my time effectively. I didn't use my energy effectively. And I certainly didn't use my money effectively. So they have these thoughts of just dread of the future. And, you know, I don't believe in hoarding money. I don't believe in unnecessarily saving it. But I also don't believe in being careless with it. And this whole topic of personal finance is very rooted in behavioral psychology. And that's a topic that will be covered very soon. So money is the second um, major resource that you need to utilize to make your life a success. So the last resource, as I mentioned, is energy. And energy is very associated with health. I think this is the least important resource. It is very, very, very important. But I feel it is the least important because it is the most easily renewable. But at the same time, it is also the most fragile. So, like I said, energy is associated with health. It can be replenished in certain cases with time and money. So if you're sick... You can go to the doctor, get a prescription, go to the pharmacy, pick up that prescription, and it's being paid by you through a copay outright or insurance. Somebody's paying for it, so there's some exchange of money. And obviously, you need the time to get better when you're not working, so you're taking time off of work or doing things that can help you just attain your version of success. So you're using time and money to regain your energy and regain your health. And energy, I think there is everyone has a base level of energy based on their lifestyle habits and underlying issues. Some people have 
chronic health order, chronic health disorders that prevent them from having very high levels of energy. And other people just have extremely high levels of energy just naturally, just because um, based on their brain chemistry, how their body is reacting to the environment, all these different factors. So uh, energy is most associated with youth because youth people, young people have little things wrong with them. Uh, Generally speaking, a child uh, doesn't have arthritis. They don't have Alzheimer's. They don't have creaky knees, a bad back, all these things that affect people who are older. And, uh, you know, youth pretty much guarantees energy and virtually everybody wants to stay young. I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't say, you know, I miss or I don't want the body I had when I was 20. The ideal would be to have a 20 year old body, but a 70 year old mind. But that's just pretty much that's pretty much impossible because someone who's 70 years old has contextualized all of their life experiences and all of their education against the background of their life, but a 20-year-old just does, hasn't had the time and hasn't had the emergence of life to do that. And that, when you do that, is called wisdom. Everybody wants wisdom so that they can live a better life and live a more stress-free life instead of one that's filled with a lot of agony and a lot of drama and a lot of friction. So, um, youth is pretty much associated with, like I said, the fountain of youth. It's just associated with health. And for guys, at least, testosterone is the fountain of youth you know why 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 do you think why do you think things like viagra exist or things like testosterone pills quote-unquote testosterone pills or testosterone injections or all these different things that young people have you think that's just for fun you think people just take these things because they want to take them no because everyone understands that it's much better to feel young and be young than being old. Every People just accept getting older because it's an inevitable fact of life. Nobody wants to really be older. But then that's one of those things of limitation I talked about. And I think you should accept being older because being older is a phase of life. It's not, you shouldn't be 20 years old or 18 years old forever. You can't be... Peter Pan in this Neverland existence that just makes no sense. There's different phases of life. And I do think that there is a time and a place for that fiery, uh, hasty energy that wants to just go out and dominate. And I think that is the birthright of a young man. But I do not believe that it is something that should be held on to forever. Because at that point, you're just it's just ego holding on to it instead of just letting go. And the ultimate letting go is, like I said, death. You're going to have to let go of that eventually. 
but you use that energy and you use that vigor to create something meaningful in your life so that when you're old, you can look back on saying, you know, I had it right. I actually did the right things because I use my energy wisely. And unfortunately, youth is just associated with a false concept of the world. And youth, young people, uh, a lot of them think they have unlimited resources, unlimited time, and that life is just going to happen, just going to naturally happen their way. And a lot of people wake up to this and they get a harsh dose of reality when it comes to this. And for some people, this is known as the quote-unquote quarter-life crisis, knowing that everything that you want to, there are going to be things that you want in your life that are going to be remain unfulfilled at the end of your life. That's, that's just how it is. But you have to pick and choose what is the most important and what you would rather see be uh, come into the world rather than just trying to make sure you fulfill everything at once. Because when you're young, your focus or your energy is all over the place. You're doing all these different things instead of channeling it into a few different activities and trying to get higher levels in those and experience exuberance and joy in those. And you're trying to do everything. And when you do everything, you do nothing. So that's the uh, main concept surrounding energy. So these three resources are used to transmute uh, different areas in your life into success. So you trade time and money, again, for energy to get better. You trade time and energy to get money. And at the end of your life, or whenever it happens, you've traded your time and energy to get money, and now you use the money to free up the time you have in your life. So instead of, so you have enough to retire, or you have enough to pretty much live a good life at 35, 40, you may have 40 more years to do whatever you want. So you freed up that time. And this is the case with a lot of startup founders in the mythical Silicon Valley who happen to get a windfall when their company goes public. They um, become millionaires pretty much overnight. And they're able to say that I never have to work again. So I'm able to use that time to pursue what I want to pursue and what success means to me. So that's one scenario. And to wrap up, I think you should think about where are your resources being used and are they being used the most efficient manner? Because I think we all have gaps and we all have time leaks and money leaks and energy leaks in our lives. So if you're using your time watching TV excessively, or you're using it on playing video games, things that bring you no return on your time invested. You know, you're not going to be on the reality TV show that you're watching. You're not going to be 
the head quarterback for the NFL team or the soccer team or whatever you're watching. You're not going to be a pro gamer or someone who is a live streamer. Most likely you're not going to be. So spending an inordinate amount of time on these things is pretty much a useless investment. And you need to figure out how you can cut down your time on these. I'm not saying to never watch TV. I'm not saying to never play video games, but you should contextualize them in the frame of how can I enjoy this rather than how can I be absorbed by this thing that gives me no return. So for money, obviously you want to focus on using money wisely and using it on things that will enhance your ability to obtain some sort of financial freedom in the future because in my opinion that's the main goal of money to use it towards higher purposes instead of just buying spending it on cheap plastic junk that you're not even going to remember in 10 years and of course the last one how are you spending your energy what are you doing that is making you weaker Are you eating a whole bunch of fast food? Are you taking drugs? Are you smoking? Are you drinking excessively? Are you not going to bed on time and not sleeping well? All these things will take a toll on your energy and your focus and your ability to just get shit done. Because, like I said, energy is what you use to take time into money so that you can free up more time and eventually use it towards the highest version of yourself. So the last point, very last point I want to mention is we are in this game of life and we all have a hand we have to play. A lot of people think that the competition is against other people. But the competition, the real competition, is against yourself. At any one time, you are facing various personality variations of yourself. I think that we all have multiple personalities. It's not just allocated to people who have schizophrenia. But we all have different personalities that come to the surface at different times. And some of us have more exaggerated personalities in this area. So, for example, uh, one thing you hear about often is when the man hears of his wife cheating on him or he finds out he goes into like a blind rage. Like this man who was never, you've never seen angry at all. He just goes into this like blind rage and you're like, where did this come from? Well, this was in him all the time and This was just a shadow version of himself that he kept hidden from view. So this is a concept of what I call shadow work, which is another topic and something I've written on and talked about before. So you have many different personalities that are that come to the surface when they're triggered and The game of life is pretty much to have the highest version of yourself win out against these other various personalities. Because all these different personalities, all they want to do is drag you down 
and they want to see you miserable and they want to dominate your thought process. They want to make you the most envious, the most gluttonous, the most lustful version of yourself that you can be because those things are a lot easier than trying to strive towards greatness and success because I mentioned in this other audio blog that it's easier to fail than it is to succeed. You're more likely to be fired from your company than you are to gain access to upper management or be in upper management. You're more likely to lose the girl than you are to marry her and have a happy life. You're more likely to be injured on a travel destination away from home than you are to escape with nothing happening or no mishaps. So all of these different things, it's just easier to have failure than success. And the game of life is just to use these and transmute these into success because the most happiest successful people in this life Recognize that they have multiple sides, they have multiple dark, darker sides of themselves, but they're able to transmute these multiple darker sides into a holistic whole so they can use them to, as rocket fuel to achieve success. And that's the main point of all of this. Winning out against your lower, baser natures and asserting yourself as the rightful king of your own mind and having the highest vision, highest version of yourself take seat on the throne of your mind and having that dominate your thoughts at all times. So I hope you enjoyed this again, and I hope this made some sense, and I hope you're able to contextualize this with things that have been happening to you things that have been happening to your friends or things that have been happening to people around you. And I will go deeper into these topics later on. So with that, I want to wish you a Vita Sane and I'll catch you next time. Take care.